Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 41 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's Got Casey, Joy, and MBG. Week one of the college football season is in the books. We started this podcast uh, last year after the season had started. So, this is our first year covering the season from the beginning. And I think week one delivered. We had lots of highlights, lots of upsets. And of course, the upset everyone is talking about is Colorado taking down number 17 TCU. 45 to 42. I think none of us had Colorado winning, I don't think more than five games, maybe more than four games this season. But I thought we'd kick things off this week by going around and talking about how much your view of their season going forward has changed, if at all, based on their week one win. So, Casey, do you have an awesome overreaction to week one or a more tempered outlook? Well, everyone that listens knows that I tend to flip-flop a little bit maybe <laughs> some of my some of my picks some of my choices last week as a matter of fact i said i couldn't find four wins for colorado on the on their schedule as i read it off i don't know if they're gonna lose four games now whoa I, I casey there we just, go they're just really athletic i'm not sold on travis hunter and i really hate the phrase he is him i'm just gonna maybe it's the old fuddy-duddy in me <laughs> well, but, you did say uh, "fuddy duddy" just now. Yeah, yeah. So. so I just the the he is him line needs to be put to bed. That's all I have. All right, Joy. What about you? Oh my goodness, the amount of hate I've gotten on social media because of my Colorado takes. I stand by what I said. I still think they're going to struggle this year. I do think they're very athletic, but they were athletic against a TCU team that lost ninety percent of their starters in the off season. I had the statement, and I stand by what I said last year, that I didn't actually think TCU was one of the best top four teams in the country, and I stand by that too. So I'm I'm not convinced that TCU was actually that good. I think TCU is kind of bad, and they went toe-to-toe with Colorado. So I think Colorado will compete because they have athletes, but I'm, I stand by what I said and that I still think that they'll struggle this season, and I – Still, I'm not confident in their ability to make a bowl game. And I'm not flip-flopping. I'm not Casey. <laughs> He's the gold standard of right. flip-flopping. So, MBG, <laughs> what are you thinking about Colorado going forward? Well, I mean, obviously, we've, we were all wrong about week one. And I guess what we don't know is how good TCU is. But regardless of how bad TCU turns out to be, I mean, Colorado was still better than I think any of us anticipated that they would be. I didn't see the game because it was at the same time as the Utah State game, but I was watch, watching the score. And then obviously I saw the stats and the highlights. But, I mean, that's an impressive uh, week one for Dion. Um, but I think next week will tell the tale. And Nebraska's obviously not – doesn't appear to be very good offensively, but defensively um, they'll certainly be a bigger challenge than what TCU was. But – after that game, they play Colorado State, which is a game they should win. But then they go at Oregon, USC at home, 
at Arizona State. That's probably yep. where the depth will come into play. And what sort of we'll see what sort of depth they have. If they can survive those three weeks and stay healthy and not get blown out the water, maybe they maybe they can win five or six games. But I still don't see it. They got too tough of a schedule. So it was a good win, better than I thought. But I still don't think they win more than five games. Yeah, I mean they they look better, way better than I expected. I think I said four wins, so that's that's one win I definitely was not banking. So that puts them at five. Is their ceiling maybe to sneak into a bowl game? I mean, it's not out of the question, I don't think. But some of the the overreactions are hilarious. There's just for example, there's one Twitter user user who will go unnamed who listed Colorado as the most impressive team of the week. And you want to guess what his number one and number two uh, players are in his Heisman rankings? <laughs> Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders. Hunter and Shador Sanders <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, the idea of doing Heisman rankings after week one is insane. But, but look, they're fun to watch. It was a, it was a great win. Sanders looked really good, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think when they – play against teams who are a little more stout up front on defense. I think that's going to be telling because, uh, you know, if Sanders doesn't have as much time to throw, I think it could potentially, you know, throw a little wrench in their offensive game plan. But I mean, it, it, listen, everyone's talking about them and it, it was definitely the, the signature win of week one. So Dion, at least for one week is delivered so far. I think I said this to you guys, but I want to see Dion face the press after or the media after he's lost a game or two. I mean, it's real fun. Yeah, because he Dion on them after that win. Right, to sit in front of the press after you just won when nobody thought you would. But, okay, lose back-to-back games to Oregon State and USC by 35 points and then face the media. Um, And let's see. (laughs) Let's see how that goes. It's going to be fun either way, though, right? I mean, the season watching them and even just watching the press conferences is going to be entertaining as hell. His halftime speech was was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. He could motivate. I mean, look, there's no doubt. He's probably a fun coach to play for if you're a kid. I don't I don't doubt that. And they might be good at some point, but I just don't think they've got the depth at this point. Yeah, if they if they get some injuries to some of their skill position guys, I think, or maybe even more on the line because they mm-hmm. they definitely don't have too deep talent on you know offensive and defensive line. So that's not a knock on Dion. I mean, no. you can't just build depth in one off season. You know, it takes time. So it's not a knock on Dion. I'm not Clemson knocking- running back Travis Etienne has a brother Trevor Etienne. He tweeted out. Travis tweeted out. Maybe my little bro should go play for Coach Prime. It blew up Twitter <laughs> for a little bit anyway. And he had to come back. It was a joke. Because right. <laughs> the kid's, his brother's currently playing at Florida. That's right. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> Which, that's probably a lateral move. Poor <laughs> 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 Sunbelt Billy. All right, so next up, we've got our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Hippie Steve, my college buddy, who asks, if you had to wear a current or former college football player's jersey every day for the rest of your life, whose would you wear and why? So, Casey, first of all, a grown man wearing a college football jersey or woman, you know, every day the rest of their lives would be a little embarrassing regardless of what player it is, but... (laughs) Let's put that aside. Casey, who are you going with? 
I hope I can wash it, Hippie Steve. I mean, I hope that's <laughs> part of the deal. Like, I, it's not like clung to me like a painted on. I have a caveat, and it's and it's not well, of course, because of course I do. I hate jerseys, and it's not because they're a fashion faux pas, in my opinion, but more because of my spelt stature. They're uncomfortable <laughs> as hell. With with that being said, I'm going to go with the number four Miami jersey, which is Steve Walsh. I don't know if you guys remember, and not the one from. Beverly Hills 90210 Steve Walsh, but the former Miami quarterback Steve Walsh. And it's two reasons. No one would know who the hell he was. And two, he's the guy that really made me fall in love with college football when I was just a young tyke in New Jersey and didn't want to root for Notre Dame because Notre Dame. Uh, and of course, I have a second one. It's number nine, Clemson, for multiple reasons. Wayne Gallman was the running back in 2016. And Travis Etienne was a running back in 2018, the all-time leading rusher in ACC history. Plus, Ray Ray McElrithby was also number nine, and he's the focal point of Disney movie Safety. I knew I'd leave you speechless with that, guys. <laughs> I just thought there was more coming. That's all. <laughs> no, that's what I like to do. It looked like a dramatic pause. <laughs> There's, I got to be honest. There's a, like it's something awesome when I see the when I'm editing and I just see the dead space and I'm like, I knew I got them there. <laughs> I like when you leave it in sometimes. So, <laughs> all right, Joy, who are you going with? Um, I would just go with the LSU number seven. It just has so much tradition, and all of the greats have worn it: Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Leonard Fournette. I just I would love to say nine just because of Joe Burrow, but I. Number seven just means too much to LSU and to Louisiana, so I would have to wear seven. That's a solid one. I'm sorry, MPG being late to what just happened is hysterical. Yeah. We are just for the listeners. We are some of us are watching the Clemson Duke game while we're <laughs> so there might be a range of emotions from Casey over the course of the show. He's about to not be okay. I can tell yeah, you. That. I'm looking at his profile right now as he's watching the game. It's really not great. <laughs> All right, what MBG, are you talking are you? about? Fumbling in the red zone is just fine. All right, MBG. Mine would be the number 16 of the Utah State Aggie legend, Chucky Keaton, if I had to wear a jersey all day, every day. I know you guys are all saying to yourself, who, but look up Chucky Keaton. I think he was at Utah State for 17 years, maybe. But if I had to pick someone that wasn't a Utah State player, it would be probably either Tommy Frazier or Jake the Snake Plummer. Those are two oh, of my other favorites. Yeah, Plumber was fun. Mm-hmm. Those are good ones. So mine, if I wanted to troll people, I would go with number 70, Bobby Haskins from UVA. He was, uh, Casey may remember, the left tackle who we threw the ball to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage against Virginia <laughs> Tech back in 2021 when we were trailing 29-24 with like a minute left and had third and eight from the Virginia Tech nine-yard line. <laughs> he then transferred to USC and won 11 games last year. So, yeah, so that would be a fun one. A more serious one. I headed down to two. I think I have to go with the guy who I went to school with, number 87, Herman Moore, who was probably before MBG may remember him. He played for the Broncos. Of course. Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah, he's big, he was the Lions. Oh, yeah. that's right. I was thinking of it. Sean uh, it's Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah. So Herman Moore is a receiver, All-American, finished number six in the Heisman Trophy voting his uh, last year. He made first-team All-Pro for the Lions three years in a row. Two of those years, it was Herman Moore and Jerry Rice for the first-team All-Pro wide receiver. So he was like he was legit, really, really good before he hurt his knee. So yeah, Bobby Haskins and Herman Moore would be my two UVA legends. I'd be rocking. 
All right, so that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, someone who did something particularly dumb this week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, Joy's nominee, Arizona State, won in another landslide with 60% of the vote. My nominee, QB Sacker, came in second with 23%. MBG's nominee, and MBG, you have to say it, Angeles Becher. <laughs> Came in third with 12%. And Casey's nominee, Warren Nicholson, got 5%. So now I'm still sitting on 11 wins. have been for about a month, I think, followed by Joy with eight. Casey with six. MBG, you're still at zero. So wow, you're man. now 0-25. For reference, I've got another baseball one for you, MBG. The Houston Astros, Jose Altuve, went over 25 during the 2022 postseason at one point. It's the second longest hitless streak in MLB playoff history. So I, you could probably say Jose Altuve much cooler than I can, but you're an elite company now at 0-25 MBG. See, Jose Altuve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Casey, I have a feeling – I know who you're going with this week. I, I've got my fingers crossed, at least. I am going with University of South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer. Oh, no, I can't do it nearly as good as... <laughs> yeah, that's as, French. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> my French accent. Shane Beamer is my genius of the week. And the, the main video from his press conference that's going viral right now is probably taken out of context. And if anyone knows coaches' comments taken out of context, it's definitely a Clemson alum. Needless to say, I'm still picking with Shane. I'm still picking Shane Beamer. When he came out after the game and said, does anyone have any stats? Uh, you know, these, the chain crew was eating hot dogs in the locker room while we were trying to set up for a onside kick or they actually got the onside kick and they didn't have the change well note to shane beamer they don't have the chain gang out for kickoffs <laughs> so at some point he just seems to complain he said something what do you want me to do ron when he was talking about georgia a couple of years ago they have five stars all over the field the guy just seems to be a whiny complainy coach and yes he is my rival head coach so i get it i'm a little bit harder on him but man karma's a when it comes to South Carolina talking smack about head coaches when they have one of the whiniest, slimiest dudes in all of college football coaching their football team. I was hoping and you Beamer. Casey, good work. <laughs> I had it written out, but then I went off script. It was just such a weird thing to come out and complain about after, I mean, they got boat raced, right? I mean, and that I, I would think their bigger problem was they ran for like negative two yards and – well, when you have a quarterback that's now your running back and you have yeah. two offensive linemen that came in and, quote, we're in the top 150 offensive linemen available in the portal, not really a recipe for success, I wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah. the hot dog was not the big problem that night. It would have been a corn dog. <laughs> right? So, Joy, you've been, you've been rolling lately. Who are you going with this week? I was like going to change at the last minute, but I'm rolling with my gut because I feel like my gut's been pretty on point lately. Um, I have to go with the University of Florida. Um, if you watch the Florida-Utah game, it's at so one bad. point they got a penalty for having two players on the field with the same number. <laughs> and 
two, they had like two number threes, I think, which is just so comical to me. Like you've had all off season to prepare, you know, exactly like what you're going into. So to get a penalty for something that stupid when they already were just beating the dog crap out of themselves was just the most Florida on brand thing ever. If it's not two guys wearing the same Jersey number, it's someone throwing a shoe. I can't talk a lot of smack about Florida right now based on my team's L last night, but I'm going to talk a little bit and just say that the University of Florida is my genius of the week. Yeah, is it normal to have two guys on the same side of the ball wear the same number? Like, I know we've got a guy on offense and guys on defense sometimes who wear the same number. But... No, and they also have two number 15s. And I don't well, know why anyone number, at... Right, but I don't know why anyone at Florida is wearing 15 at all. Oh, Y'all have right. zero respect for Tim Tebow. Zero. Like, y'all treat him like a god, but you don't even, like, no one at LSU will ever wear number nine ever again. Well, maybe Tebow doesn't know his numbers, just like he doesn't know his letters. That's a good point. That's a fair point, Hoos. The thing I liked, was it a a Florida wide receiver that took a picture of the stadium before the game and said Little Ass Stadium? Yes, Little Ass Stadium. And then 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 Utah's Utah's Twitter uh, media team tweeted after the game the final score and said Little Ass Dub. That was nice. Hard to root for Utah, but that was that was an elite uh, tweet from their social media team. I don't mind Utah. I like Utah. Sorry, MBG. No, you haven't met enough Utah fans. (laughs) You're correct. All right, MBG, is this the week? It is for sure. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. So my genius of the week, really for two reasons, is Texas Tech. First, because Texas Tech and Joey McGuire, I don't know if you saw, but in the preseason they talked about how the Big 12 was going to run through Lubbock and how there was this talk about Texas Tech being the new Alabama. And they were were quite high on themselves. Hmm. So that's one reason. The other is they scheduled their opening game in Laramie against Wyoming. Anybody who schedules their opening game in Laramie is an idiot. For many reasons. One, you're never going to win in Laramie. Um, it's, it's a terrible place to go. The altitude is super high. Wyoming's good. They suck to play because they're big and they're strong, and they just run all over you. And so, you know, Texas Tech pretty much got what they asked for by scheduling that game and losing. I don't know if you saw, but they lost in overtime after talking about how they were going to run through the Big 12, and then they get beat on the road in Laramie at Wyoming. So for those two reasons, Texas Tech, or Texas Tech, if you will, <laughs> is my genius of the week. That Laramie thing is no joke. We played there in 2007, and that was the year where Chris Long went on a tear, and we won nine games that year. And he's talked about it on his podcast. He's like, they put put us through a whole like run a practice the day before the game. He said they got there, they had no legs, nobody could breathe. Yeah, they, they boat raced that. They beat us like twenty three to three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Al- altitude's no joke. I mean, yeah. it's uh, no joke in Laramie. I mean, I'm sure the teams charter in there, but if you go watch a game in Laramie, you got to fly into Denver and drive two and a half hours. It's right. It, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we have not been back since two thousand seven. Needless yep. to say. All right, so mine, for mine, I have to give you a little backstory. Back on August 25th, it was reported that two people had been shot at a Chicago White Sox game. One woman was shot in the leg, while another woman had her abdomen grazed by a bullet but refused treatment. And apparently, everyone has to pass through a metal detector like in a lot of stadiums. So the initial belief was that 
the gun was fired from outside the stadium and, it, you know, somehow made it its way into the stadium and hit two people. Um, however, last week it was reported that the shooting was an accidental discharge by the woman who was grazed by the bullet and that she had snuck the gun past the metal detectors in the folds of her belly fat, which may be the most American sentence ever uttered. Um, <laughs> so it's unclear if it discharged. This is the one piece I couldn't figure out if it discharged while it was hidden or if she took it out of her belly fat for some reason at the game. <laughs> But regardless of how that played out, for hiding the gun in her fat rolls, accidentally <laughs> shooting herself, and most reprehensibly, for causing a post-game Vanilla Ice concert to be canceled, um, uh, Ice Sox fat roll shooter is my genius of the week. I don't know if I could ever forgive her for the Vanilla Ice. I mean, yeah, that was a little piece of the puzzle I was not aware of until I started doing research. I was like, oh. They, they canceled it due to technical difficulties, apparently, after the mm-hmm. uh, shooting took place. Very technical. Right. Well, she is resourceful, if nothing else. <laughs> what else she have up in there? <laughs> corn dogs, maybe. <laughs> was reaching for the corn dog. Accidentally grabbed the gun. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new show drop last week, which is great as always. The show included some classic Sickos content, including what movie theater candy each ACC team would be, why does Rice play Texas, what brunch drink goes best with Rutgers Northwestern, is anyone going to be hungry for Duke Clemson? I think Casey is at this very moment and much more. And we're also doing a cross promotion with the Slander You podcast. On their most recent show, they discussed why SMU should get off their knees, why Caleb Williams is lying, Notre Dame is gorgeous on and off the field, and their Slander You lock of the week. We love both those shows, so check them out. And quick congratulations to the Sickos Committee who have had a hundred thousand clicks to their podcast so congrats to those guys nice that's awesome awesome. that's awesome all right folks a few weeks ago we had chris marler on as our first guest we have another great one lined up for you today this week's guest is a co-host of the slander you podcast it's one of our favorite shows we talk about every week he's a rabid auburn fan he is a great follow on twitter where you can find him at pablo escoburner pablo welcome to the show my man Good to see y'all. Yeah, it's fun to be here. This is awesome. All right, so we're still trying to figure out this thing, like how to do it when we have a guest on the show, but we thought we would just go around the horn, each of us ask you a ridiculous question and let you cook. Does that work? That sounds perfect. All right. In case you want to kick it off. Yeah, so Pablo, welcome. Thanks for for being here. I Just just to preface it, I asked Marler just a real softball question a couple weeks ago, and it was um, – <laughs> Uh, is Saban washed? And so he gave a very well thought out answer. So I'm just, just that's where I'm going here. Okay. Just, I'm taking you back now to September 13th, uh, September 3rd, 2016, Jordan Hare Stadium, Clemson versus Auburn, 1913 Clemson win. Really not, not a, not ugly, ugly football game. Very both, uh, both ways. Lucky to get a win out of there. Uh, hypothetically, there was a, a Clemson fan sitting in the money section 
a lot of doctors, lawyers. He actually knew a couple of the doctors that were sitting there. About midway through the first quarter, eh, second quarter maybe, a couple of Auburn's finest come up to the to that hypothetical Clemson fan and told him to relocate elsewhere, notably outside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. <laughs> so my question to you is, do you have a great story about your best interaction with Auburn's finest? Just a layup. Oh, man. First of all, can't judge at all because that sounds like an awesome experience that <laughs> somebody hypothetically had while they were in the stadium. All hypotheticals here. I was I was at that game as well, so I didn't get thrown out, unfortunately, but uh, got to got to finish finish the end of it. Deshaun Watson coming to town and, and ending it like that that was a painful in the long list of Auburn losses. Um, no, I never actually got into crazy amount of trouble when I was down there. Thankfully, you know, I had some roommates get DUIs and things along those lines, but I always stayed out of the fray. So you know, R.I.P. to y'all. <laughs> water is wet i guess you know with the yeah DUIs, exactly I mean. so casey what did you do that's the question i was cheering too loud i had a father and son behind me that just didn't like me i don't know why or how i was loud i was loud i mean i was definitely loud obnoxious but i was rooting for my team not against the opponents and literally the yeah, father yeah, yeah. son behind me went down and got the cops brought them back up and the guy whispered into my ear literally you have to know where you are and I said, I know exactly where I am. I bought tickets for this game. I mean, hypothetically, this is what I would have said. And uh, he said, he said, why don't you move? And I'm like, all right, where can I move to? He goes, outside the stadium. <laughs> uh, he was very nice about it, but I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. My friend owns a brewery in Montgomery, and he had all his taps outside. Oh, that might have go. led to the obnoxiousness. So I, I went right back there. Nice. That, is, that sounds like great. Yeah, that sounds like some UVA shit. Like somebody throwing out an opposing fan for cheering too loud. That's that's something that would happen in my that's stadium. That's so wild. I've only had such great experiences at Auburn. Imagine imagine great. paying a thousand dollars for a ticket and then you have to hear Casey's ass and that deep voice. You have <laughs> I he's got to go. He's got to go. This is carrying all the way to the other sideline. Like get this man out of here. Women are getting worked up hearing his voice. Right. Yes. Like there's children thing. around and you're you're vibrating the whole section. <laughs> Get out. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I love that your voice is basically the, the fifth member of the show, Casey. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a better one. laugh. A good one. <laughs> All right, Joy, what do you got? All right, I'm going a little bit more serious because we're SEC people. So okay. I I genuinely have I genuinely am curious as to know where do you think Auburn? ends this at the end of the season in the SEC? And, like, what do you think of the SEC as a whole after week one? Oh, man, it didn't it didn't go as well as I was hoping that it would for the sake of competitive sake, you know, going into the conference slate in here in a couple of weeks. I think we'll be better than people expect, but still people need to temper some expectations. Like, I don't, I don't think it'll bounce back that quick. Like, I don't think we're going to – see a 2012 to 2013 resurgence or anything like that even though the gaps with this team would be closer theoretically I, I just don't see that happening but I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all especially having, having seen what I did see in week one obviously albeit against powerhouse conference playoff you know college football playoff contender UMass but <laughs> there's 
you know, I mean, you just see con conceptually and just the vibe, like you just know when it's different, you know, and like, obviously it's not, it's not the Harson era and you can clearly see that just atmosphere fans, the player energy on the sidelines, all the, you know, they're just, everybody's excited for something different. So, I mean, I, I think it's hard for me to see anything below seven wins on the schedule, just looking the way that it breaks this year and anything up to like nine wouldn't surprise me. I still just don't think they're going to have enough depth in the trenches to, knock off multiple of you know in in a typical good season for us you know like every four or five years like when we'd be able to knock off like two of three between lsu georgia and alabama I, i'm not sure i see that although i do feel a little better about lsu now <laughs> but we'll have to see we'll have to see how uh you know just season goes i still georgia's just just too much probably too early too i mean we get them fairly early in the season a and m kind of on the front end of the slate as well so we got we got a tough stretch there where it's like not A and M, don't worry about that. A and M, Georgia, Ole Miss, and LSU like four weeks in a row. Like that's Ooh. insane with a stretch like it's right in the middle of the schedule. Lord. But oh uh, well, yeah, so. I mean LSU is probably a dub. So enjoy that one. But it is down there. I I will thank God that Brian Harson gave us one thing, and that was a win in Baton Rouge. So we haven't done that in like thirty years. So that was that was the one thing he actually did for this program. Trying to imagine my team going through that four week stretch of games. Like I'm winded after playing Tennessee. So I like, Yeah, I man. Know. It's it's not fun sometimes. It's not no. straight up not having a good time, bro. All right. So Pablo, I have to troll you a little bit. And because we've kind of talked about this before on Twitter. I was just wondering Absolutely. what's your favorite favorite thing about the 2019 Final Four? Oh man, that was such a good time. Uh <laughs> It was, it was definitely the part where like Bryce Brown comes, you know, because like for like eighty five percent of that game, UVA was controlling it. And just felt like that, you know, we were just gonna lose, and then it gave us that little bit of hope there at the end. We take the lead. Bryce Brown kind of catches fire like he had been doing all tournament, and then Samir Doughty definitely didn't foul Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy <laughs> misses one of the three free throws, and we win in overtime. Then we go on to win the national championship. That was so awesome. That was a that was a great final four. Man, I, I will say so I flew in the championship game. I didn't make the final four. So when I got there that Monday, I guess, there were a bunch of Auburn fans in the airport who were flying back. Yeah. And I I seriously I took off my UVA hat at one point because I was afraid <laughs> I was gonna get jumped. <laughs> I heard oh more, man, it was tense. I heard more Ty Jerome slander and like that 30 minute period than I've heard the rest of my life combined. Like people oh, were, I bet, out man. Blood. so yeah, I bet. Yeah. That was, no, a, we, that was a great so, game though. I mean, I was there. I was also at that one painful ill, but yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I kicked open a door to us bank stadium to walk out. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, the big, the big metal bar across like those big stadium doors that compresses yep. in, you know, I mean, just kick the sucker right open. Yeah, that was, we were pretty hot. I mean, it was hard to stomach, and I can't believe I went back in and watched the next game and even the championship game after that. But, you know, that's a long trip to make from Alabama, so I was going to get my money for some tickets. <laughs> like, I'm not going home. Yeah, I was like, oh, hell, I may never go to another Final Four ever anyway, so I might as well watch these couple games. So, yeah, that was that was crazy. Like, my, my brother-in-law living in the Midwest, but still like a good five, six-hour drive at the time, like literally just after the game, like got in his car and drove home. <laughs> <laughs> He like he, he he had a hotel room. He was like, I don't even care. Like it's already paid for. Like I'm right. I'm, I'm driving home. Like, there's no way I'm going to enjoy my time in this city. So I'll just I'll just do it from my couch. I, I've done the rage drive before after a bad loss. Definitely. That's like, yeah. It's like that's a, after, that's a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. Clemson West Virginia 2012 Orange Bowl. I did it. 
Oh, is that right? Oh, boy. That was a fun one. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Fire yeah, everybody. Just keep you going all night. Yeah. All right, MBG, what do you have for Pablo? Well, Pablo, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Utah State fan, and I've been to lots of stadiums before. And unlike Casey, I'll tell everybody that my favorite experience that I've ever had was at Jordan Hare. I went, I don't know, you might be too young for this, but I watched Utah State play in Jordan Hare in 2011. Uh, I was not too young because I was a student and I was at that game also. The year after the national championship, Utah State had Auburn dead to rights. Oh, boy. I thought we were going to lose. Absolutely. We, I, we were up 10 with about a minute 40 to go, a minute Ooh. 30. Yeah, that was insane. And Auburn scored. You got the onside kick and then scored another touchdown with maybe 15 seconds left on the clock. Yep. Um, but I've gotten a lot of uh, mileage out of a, out of that loss. That was that was a moral victory for Utah State. Oh, absolutely, uh, man. ever been one. But but that was my favorite trip, maybe for that reason, because that was as close as we've ever really gotten to beating. Oh, Chucky Keaton, man, I, he gave me nightmares for two years. That's yes, Chucky we Keaton. Just, my we just talked about him earlier in the episode. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, at that game too, I he had barely turned eighteen. I mean, he was, yeah, he was young. He was a really good. He was a really good player. I liked him a lot. I think he had turned eighteen just a few weeks before that game. No one even yep. knew he was going to start. He just runs out there. Yeah, that was that was. It's like that, who that in the hell is this kid? Yep, <laughs> yep, that was a fun game. But that's not my question. I was just I was just sticking up for Auburn fans there <laughs> um, to let you know that I had a good experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely not that Utah State kept it close and almost beat them. It just it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it's a different experience for a Utah State fan walking into Jordan Hare than for an Alabama fan or an LSU fan or uh, another SEC fan walking into Jordan Hare. But uh, I had a good time. At least you didn't get thrown out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. My question, since you are on the Message Board Geniuses podcast, is I know there are a lot of good uh, Auburn message boards. Do you post on any of them? No, I don't. It's been a that's been a long time that I. That's what they really... all say. Yeah. No, seriously though, like I don't even have a not not like a burner, like one hundred percent honest. Like I, I really don't post on the boards. <laughs> I've always been a casual observer from a distance when it comes to message boards not that's safer not in involved general, in right? that <laughs> they call that lurker yeah you're a lurker, lurker. lurker. exactly i'm a lurker. lurker from what i've been told what's your craziest message board memory that you have what's the craziest thing that you've seen come from a message board oh, mr marler had a, had, a, had a good one i don't know if you can top chris marler's but <laughs> what you got he got somebody yeah, probably not job. Yeah, that's, that sounds like something Marlon would do. <laughs> I don't even know the context, but that's all I need to know. Like, yes, he did it. He did it. So the bunker has been a, an ongoing one on, on Auburn for a long time, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm sure y'all are well aware of that. Auburn Live has kind of kicked up, you know, a little more recently with the you know, new on three boards and whatnot. But the bunker still is the one that, you know, just – it just has all the old heads from back when like I was in school and, and obviously the people that were adults then already, you know, are still on the board, but man, I, I like legitimately don't know. Like there's so much crazy is posted on there all the time. Like, I don't, I mean, that's disappointing, but I couldn't tell you like one story that I think is just like coming off the top of my head. It would be like the one, you know, fat Tom. Oh, is that, What's was that? He an Auburn guy? It was yeah, fat Tom 22. Yeah, He's Fat Tom. I don't. I don't know him personally, but yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. We just need to know if Brian Harson actually stole a car. 
<laughs> allegedly. Allegedly that happened. And they sent somebody to retrieve it. Yeah. The re- Auburn's got a repo man. That's right. Yep. That's right. Think if you're that intern that has to fly to Boise and then drive back to Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, that was a rough one. That's a long – that's a hike. If Do you get you $15 million dollar buyout, like, you don't get a courtesy courtesy escalate. Like, you got to – that's got to come back. <laughs> you can't pay that off, you know? Take it out of my check. Nothing. Right? right? Exactly. Nothing. No tax write off. Edward probably got an escalate. Oh, I'm sure he – yeah. I'm sure he does. Oh, Ed, I love Coach O. Oh, no, 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 no. We all, we all do. <laughs> no, we all don't. <laughs> we do. It was awesome. I love that dude. All, all right, right well, let's, yeah, let's move have on to some, this week. We'll move on to some posts, Pablo. We like to go through some crazy posts since the season started. We like to start off with a good meltdown. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, last week our top meltdown was USC. USC still won by four touchdowns, but that didn't stop them from melting down. So you don't always have to lose to have a good meltdown. So this week we'll also stay with USC, which, by the way, when I say USC, what do you guys think of? I grew up out West, and so when I say Southern US, Cal. Oh, it's, I hear well, yeah, USC, it's 100% Southern Cal. Southern Cal yeah. It's not anyone else. This is not up for debate or discussion. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I see that argument on Twitter all the time about who the real USC was. And no. It's only been okay. like that. Even- they had to change their name to U of SC for a year. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Like that's are. not even even if we're like, if I'm having like a group text with like my personal friends, you know, that's like Auburn or Alabama fans or something. Like nobody ever refers to them as USC, like South Carolina. Like it's it's like Scar is like the abbreviation, or like you literally right, just right, say right. like South Carolina. Like nobody ever says USC. Correct. Okay. Good. So I'm not I'm not out in left field here. All right. No. No. So, no. This is the other USC, U of SC, South Carolina. They they were pretty high on themselves coming into the season. Um, Aren't they and, always? And uh, <laughs> I think they were pretty sure that they were going to smoke North Carolina, which is not necessarily what happened. So they came crashing down pretty quickly. So I'm just going to read through a couple of these meltdown posts and get some reaction here. This guy, old Wally Cock. The other good thing about South Carolina and their message boards is almost all their board names are some derivative of the word cock. And this guy's name is Wally Cock. He says, <laughs> keep in mind, these are during the game that these posts are occurring. Um, this guy says we could go 0 and 11. Next guy says Beamer is about to lose the fan base. Thanks to my pops for making me a fan of this crap. Next guy, he's already put his season tickets up for sale. He's got six of them, <laughs> asking people to send him a DM. This guy says we look like doo-doo, mock cock eight, uh, absolutely horrible being manhandled by the baby blue. This guy says it's time, gentlemen, ladies, it's time for us to accept who we are. Year after year, we have the same issues. Year after year, we hear they've been solved. I'm out. And it's not because I don't love the Gamecocks. I love them too much. It hurts, fellas, and it sucks to say it, but we're never going to be more than what we are. It'll take a generational coach, arguably the best in history at what he did, to ever make us more than mediocre. I'm done. I'm out. This one's a good one. Lady Island Cox says, Beamer does do cool videos, though. That was my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) You got to give him that. (laughs) <laughs> and this, this one was my favorite it says football is a man's game it 
It has defined our country for decades. It's the American sport. Last night, they were an embarrassment to the fans and students, to God, but mostly to themselves. I'm ashamed, <laughs> I'm ashamed of them, but mostly ashamed for them. Casey, I know this hurts you uh, to see South Carolina fans melt down like that, although you may not want to do too much talking about this right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, MBG. Did yeah. South Carolina fans melt down? Talk your Casey. Barely. Although L- Joy, I mean, LSU's was about as bad. You I haven't said anything. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I know what battles to pick. Have you ever been in these guys' shoes, Pablo? You ever wanted to Brother, you know what program I root for. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a extreme one way or the other over here. You know, every couple years, you know, we got to, we're going to ride that roller coaster. On the first game of the year, have you pretty much wanted to throw in the towel? No, I can't say that because I, I don't not in not in recent history because it's like it would be like a non-conference game that we win or you know like a beating Oregon or Washington or something at a neutral site and we've won those more times than not thankfully like beat Louisville neutral site or we have like the you know the kind of cupcake opener and so that's worked out pretty well so like game one that hasn't been a thing I've really had to experience a whole lot. But game two, absolutely, that's happened. <laughs> well, they, they had so much momentum going during game day, right? They got Darius Rucker out there doing the guest picks, you know, yucking it up with everybody. And then by the third quarter, they had fans pining for Will Muschamp. I don't know if you saw those posts. but the- <laughs> I, I got to be honest, who's uh, like, I don't, I give, I take my hat off to their fans. I, I really do. It, you know, Clemson's had a, a run of, of great success, obviously. But I don't know what they can hang their hat on ever. Okay, they beat Clemson last year by a point. They got nothing else. The 1969 ACC championship game, they have nothing else. How are people still fans of this program? Like, I got a lot of respect for them. And I'm choking because I was nice things <laughs> I was, about South Carolina. I was a little worried Casey was just having a heart attack on his <laughs> like during this show. I'm being too nice. <laughs> I mean, I take my hat off to him. How could you possibly root for that program? Like, when were they ever – I know they had that four-year run or whatever that they were winning 11 games with Spurrier, but, like, do you jump on the bandwagon then? But they still didn't do anything. Like, I just, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, listen, God it's bless possible them. to root for a program. So, bless so, their heart. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't you ask MBG? Yeah, some of us have been doing this for 40 years, Casey. <laughs> How do you do it, MBG? <laughs> you just enjoy the ride, Casey. Lots of Diet Coke. Mm. Listen. What you do, I know, isn't it crazy just like how like your your family lineage or like geographics just determine your happiness as an adult yeah. in sports? Like it's so stupid. That's like that one guy in there who's saying, "Hey, I blame my dad for essentially making me a South yeah, Carolina fan." Exactly. I mean, it's we're probably all in the same boat. I mean, we are. We I cheer- literally texted my dad last night and said, "Why did you do this to me?" And he said, <laughs> and he said "I'm very sorry. We don't live very long." <laughs> But to That's their credit, cool. no, nobody was calling to fire Shane Beamer. I did see LSU fans wanting to fire Brian Kelly already. Um, there were TCU fans wanting to fire Sonny Dykes already. Uh, Purdue this was is already the wanting to fire their base. coach. MBG, this is the same fan base that convinced themselves that a failed coach at the University of Florida with all the resources in the world yeah. was going to rectify their program. So they'll believe anything out of there. <laughs> 
just delusional land over there, huh? And it's in the middle of the state. Like, there's nothing there. You know, it's just crack houses and live PD. By the way, Pablo, my, my wife went to South Carolina, so I always like to remind Casey of this when he's in the middle of his diatribes, just to make him feel like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's great. Did, did y'all see any of the LSU posts? Because some of the... I will say LSU fans melt down in a, and I'm sorry, Joy, but in a hilarious way. Oh, like, those are some of the best you'll ever see. Yeah. I mean, just one of them was just. Guys, it's because they're inebriated beyond belief. Okay. They've been yep. drinking for three that helps. weeks straight. Yeah. I mean, one of them I just saw that just said Brian Kelly sucks. I mean, that's that's just right. To the <laughs> oh, yeah. They were talking oh, about man. Googling Brian Kelly and scissor lift. Oh, like, boy. Don't sugarcoat yeah. it. Like if he hadn't won that game, they would just kind of fail to mention. Or if he had won that game, they'd just kind of forget about it. Still, my, my favorite it. one was a guy whose post just said, "It was it just me or did Brian Kelly look a little fatter?" Just going going right for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I brought one for you, Pablo. This is from Auburn Live. This oh, week. here we go. <laughs> so Colorado. We talked earlier before you came on about the Colorado TCU game and how impressive that week one was for Dion. That so was this guy on this guy on Auburn Live, AU fan two four nine eleven says, Dion, what a huge whiff by Auburn not hiring him. I think we got a decent option B, but all I can think of is what if. If you could go back, I, mean, I think it's would reasonable. Take, would you take Dion over? freeze if you could go back and do it i mean to most people it's not a surprise that i was underwhelmed by the freeze hire in the first place so i mean you can always do the hypothetical what if thing um i i will say though i'm not sure that dion has as much like long-term success or you know like Hughes just gonna do everything you need to do at auburn like when it comes to like rubbing the elbow shaking the hands whatever else you want to do outside that everybody knows about. But like when you, you know, just going to play golf with people and like doing appearances and, you know, showing up and going and hanging out in the community, like he's going to do all of those things. Like Dion would have been an absolute blast and lightning in a bottle at Auburn. Like I'm, it's hard not to convince myself of that, especially seeing how good Shador looked that first game, like knowing that he would also be your quarterback. Like there's, yeah. I mean, he would have probably done a crazy overhaul just like he did at Colorado with with all the kind of resources that we would have that afforded freeze the same opportunity to have a top portal class as well, you know? So yeah, you can go back and forth on that. I, it would have been fun probably for a year or two. I, I just, I don't think he has as much long-term or sustained success potentially that like freeze would. Cause as annoying as it is for me to admit freeze is just an excellent fit at Auburn. Like it just is joy. If you go back and do it, Dion, or you freeze? Wait, like at I mean, Auburn? At LSU. Oh. No, if LSU had those choices, Hugh who would take? Hugh Freeze every day of the week. I love the Hugh Freeze Auburn hire. I thought it was. I thought Auburn knocked out of the freaking park. And I think in the long run, Auburn's gonna be so flipping successful under Freeze. I, I as soon as that job came out open, I thought it was Freeze's, and I said that, and all of y'all told me I was crazy, and that it was gonna be Lane Kiffin, and I was like, no, it's not. It's gonna be Hugh Freeze, and here we are. And I would take Hugh Freeze every day of the week. He's proven his capabilities at an SEC level. And Dion has not. And he knows how to cheat. And I'm sure Dion 
<laughs> you want to be able to do that at a really high caliber level, and he knows how to do it. So I would take you, Priest, any day of the week. Don't get him a Both burner. Connotations. Don't get him a burner. Yeah. So I have a hunch Dion could navigate the cheating part of things. I'm sure he could. I mean, he's the only coach I've ever seen just tamper so openly about the transfer portal. But regardless, I would I'm my money's on freeze every day of the week. The thing I love about posts like this is Auburn won what 59-14, something like that. 59-14. <laughs> yeah. It could have been 63 to 14, who's yeah. You got people saying, hey, maybe we should have hired a different coach. Meanwhile, we lost 49 to 13, and no lie, there was a guy in my UVA chat saying that we should have won, but we beat ourselves. I'm like, we lost by five touchdowns. Yeah. Just a few bounces go the other way. Yeah. Was, I mean, it's like, That's hey, what we... I felt last night in the first half, and then the that second half happened. Yeah. Football's a like, game. Yeah, if, we just, if we just gone for the touchdown before half instead of kicking a field goal, I'm like, and <laughs> what? Like we lose <laughs> by four touchdowns. Yeah, so it's a game of interest. Who's, who is your Who is your favorite UVA football player of all time? It's a tough one. So we uh, it's we talked about it a little bit earlier. So I love Herman Moore. Was a wide receiver when I was there. Played. Uh, he's an All American. Played for the Lions for a bunch of years. Was first team All Pro. But my favorite guys probably who didn't have NFL success for different reasons. Sean Moore was a quarterback when I was there. Who's All American held like every UVA passing record, played for the Broncos for a little bit. And then guy, probably before y'all's time, but Anthony Poindexter was a safety. He was Ronnie Lott if he hadn't ripped his knee apart. Like he's like a three-time All-American at UVA at safety and just had no concerns about his well-being when guys came across the middle. He'd get penalized every play now, but back in yeah. like the late 90s, he was just, he was a missile. And he's he was actually – one of the guys we were talking to when we were hiring a coach this last round, it was, he's a defensive uh, coach at Penn State. And it was gotcha. kind of where it is. It was down to him and Tony Elliott. And we'll see how the Elliott thing shakes out. But, yeah, those, yeah. those are my guys. All right. Staying on that theme. So, <laughs> Baylor, they got, they got beat pretty good by Texas State. That was That shocking. was so nasty. Yeah. I'm sorry, Marcus. I was shocked, too. And Baylor fans appear to have been shocked as well. And I knew that I would find this post somewhere on one of their boards. It was just going to be a matter of time uh, for me to find it. And it really wasn't too hard. It came pretty quickly uh, after the game ended. There was this post on Sikkim 365. The title says, bring back Bryles. Uh, everything should be in <laughs> place for those worried about past issues, his production on the field was the best and most entertaining ever enough with this losing crap. Uh, next guy replies and said, look, if you freeze can be, make a triumphant return to the sec, Bryles could return to Baylor. Oh boy. That's a hilarious false equivalency there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean like freeze has his, He's got he's got his things that he's done in the past. It's a little checkered, but I mean, come on, like a systemic sexual assault scandal, like that's on your whole campus that was like a cover up that you were fully aware of the entire time. Like that's a little different than some of the you know the things that Hugh Freeze was getting chastised for. Yeah. Calling up an escort, a little bit different than covering up rape. I yeah, that's I mean... that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's there's being upset about a loss, and there's bring back Art Bryles back to Baylor upset after a loss, right? I mean, those are 
two entirely different things. Like I get being bummed that you got smacked around by a team that you're supposed to beat, but man. Yep. I just want to know how many fire Dabo message boards posts have happened in the last 30 minutes. Well, Joy, if you haven't noticed, I've been here on this podcast, so I couldn't answer that question to you. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I had no I, idea. I did see one, and I can guarantee that there will be many. Uh, oh, there will be a lot. I, I can't yeah. believe how bad this offense is looking. Like, I thought under Riley, like, they would actually, like, have a little juice, and that's been – I'm cutting opposite. all of this out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pablo, here's the deal. They hired Riley to run a championship-caliber offense, which, if y'all don't remember, they, they scored seven points in the national Oh, championship. my God, they scored again. This is – Yeah. Casey, yeah. this is nasty, brother. It's bad. Casey, would you take Art Bryles to fix this <laughs> offense? Right now. Sign him up. Set, where is he? Can you imagine – you freeze. <laughs> Can you imagine Dabo and Art Bryles on the same coaching staff? Oh, my God. <laughs> bring in Jimbo and Bobby Petrino. Oh, yeah. yeah. Might as well take Ed Orgeron while you're at it. Why not? He's available. Why was the offense so bad? Let's just get a crew. Do you guys know where Bryles is coaching? Where he has been coaching? In like Italy, in right? It's Isn't better. It? It's the Italian football league. Yeah. <laughs> Overseas. It's crazy. Yeah. That I didn't shot. even know there was such a thing. Oh, he's laughing it up in the Amalfi Coast instead of uh, instead of living in Waco. I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, he's living in living in Italy, probably making like thirty five year thirty five grand a year coaching there. Um, All I have to say is LSU will gladly take Dave Aranda back. I will take him. He was a good defensive. Co- he was a he's good a defensive coordinator. Defensive I don't know if you can still say that. <laughs> I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I just think some people aren't meant to be head coaches. Like, that's no, just- that's one hundred percent true. And also. I like Pablo. Marler's like, Joy, you're a d-. Yeah, he, he did basically call her stupid everything she said. Every time. I know Pablo. You'll no, Aranda's a good Aranda's, Aranda's a good defensive coordinator. I, I'd agree with that. The Next fun, Utah the fun State tidbit, Aggie, Dave Aranda. Yeah, Utah State Aggie too. There you go. The fact that Baylor got cooked by Texas State quarterback T.J. Finley was also a little extra hilarious. Oh, I forgot about that. I did too. That's That's funny. Yeah, yeah, because he never looked good anywhere he went. (laughs) No, LSU. He never looked good at Auburn. Like, and then he just goes and cooks the defensive gurus at Baylor. Like, it's amazing. College football. I love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) That makes one of us Pablo. Yeah, exactly. Give me one more week, and we'll circle back. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it's I, I saw a post early, like the other maybe today or yesterday um that was bo nick stat line and then tj nick stat line i mean tj nick tj finley stat line and then robbie ashford having three touchdowns like rushing and it was like harson had all these guys you know in his span and like just couldn't make any of it work and they're all just like cooking at other places just killing everywhere else yep so yeah that's about right well joy here you go tiger net I'm officially calling for the firing of Dabo Swinney. We are in a regression as a program, and it's going down slowly. I just don't think they – I don't think he really knows what to do if he doesn't have the highest quality quarterback. Casey, do you endorse that? No. Okay. All right. It, we'll find- it's it's got to be nice to take some solace as a Clemson fan, having the misery of company kind of thing. With Like, imagine how bad this would feel if South Carolina would have won. Like oh, yeah. that—that's a good. Point. So it's like yeah. you're kind of on the, you're kind of like having to share the emotion that South Carolina usually is feeling to make themselves feel better. How can they which, talk trash? Right. You know? 
Although, Casey, I'm blaming you because I have to deal with UVA losing and Duke winning, which is like the worst possible combination for me. Well, this podcast is 0-4, just to let you know. We're oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, it's a good start to the season. Oh, Pablo my goodness, here. that is, yeah. Well, they all got I, smacked, too. I didn't even think about that. Hey, we only lost by 10. We didn't, that's not, we didn't get smacked. Yeah, you guys covered. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we bad. got boat raced. Yeah. And we, well, did we, uh, we beat we ourselves. Did. But, you know, but at least we got, you know, at least we got boat raced by like a pretty good team. Casey, be to be boat. fair, if Not I was too. a South Carolina fan, the one angle I would take is I would say to slander you guys, we at least, if hypothetical South Carolina fan, we at least lost to the better tobacco road program and by not as bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casey's going to start having another heart attack. That scared the <laughs> out of me, by the way. Never seen you grab your chest before. That, was that wasn't really. It was my throat. Was oh, my okay. But I was trying to get through it. He was hey. choking up, trying to get through yeah. it. <laughs> trying, trying to get through to this power. game. Not even the podcast. It's the game. <laughs> well, Casey, let's help you out. We'll move on to the final post, which was a post from a Nebraska board about Eric Gilbert. I don't know if you guys – I'm sure you all heard about Eric Gilbert getting arrested. Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, yeah. XLSU Tiger, right, Joey? Yep. And Georgia and Bulldogs. Yeah. And Georgia Bulldog, that's right. <laughs> Did you guys see this video? When I first saw that he had got arrested for like burglary, I was kind of thinking it was maybe something a little innocent. Yeah. Um, but then did you guys see the video? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh absolutely. It's far from innocent. Yeah. Um, yeah. The intent is pretty clear on the, on the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But there's this poster on the Nebraska board, Kelly KM 96. He saw the video and he wasn't really persuaded by it. Um, he said this, he said, I just hope he somehow gets a waiver and plays Nebraska has play. Nebraska's had players do much worse and still play. He's an elite athlete and I hope he doesn't get kicked off the team. I get setting an example, but we have sucked for years now. We need to have some success before we can just kick guys off for a little crap like this. Hell, around this time last year, we were discussing a current offensive lineman stomping on guys' knees during games. That does way more damage and harm than stealing vapes. I don't think any time at Nebraska even addressed this. Are they morality police or not? Just win, baby. Yeah. That, that's a man. That's a man that just got done watching Swamp Kings, and he wants to recreate a little bit. Of it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if that's your bar, is it? If Aaron Hernandez is your bar, I suppose he well, also Eric played Gilbert tight end, MBG. Yeah. So let's. That's right. He also played tight end. Exactly. So, I mean, he could be turn- a legend in the making, and we just got to give him a chance on the field. Exactly. I, I love the idea that you need to have a respectable team before you can start kicking guys off for breaking and entering. Right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you got to get to a certain level. Before you can yeah. start booting guys for this. Like, we're not even winning six games. These guys can do whatever they want. Like, <laughs> until we get to that bar, then we'll start facing some punishment. Well, MBG, you talked about the video. I mean, I'd be concerned if I were them. He showed no elusivity and he, you know, he wasn't, no escapability when the police showed up, right? He laid straight down. It took him like how many kicks to get through the interior door? Like four. <laughs> So, get a little butt sag. I mean, yeah, he's going to do the full, full NFL his, his, combine. Yeah, his, his measurables didn't look great in that video. So, <laughs> I, I like. I feel bad for him. There's something wrong. Like, oh, there's no question. There's oh, yeah. legit something wrong. And like, yeah, it's yeah. He fun. was he was like on something. 
But yeah, clearly not in a normal state. From what I've heard at his time at LSU, he has very like he's just really hardcore listening to the wrong people and getting really bad guidance. And I think he just can't get out of his own way, and the people around him don't enable him to be any better. Was he selling vapes? Like, what's he doing with the vape? Vaping. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't vape personally, but like I, I said this on the on the Slender U Pod last week. But like, it just looks so cool when people just make those massive vape clouds. So he might just be addicted to that attention. Like, you need he needs that massive vape god cloud to surround him at all times. Yeah, because he's definitely not getting attention for his work on the football field. Exactly. Yeah, but he's got to have an NIL deal though, right? I mean, he's like wasn't he the, the number one tight company. end? In the country, it had to be more than sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, right. I mean, just <laughs> just pay. Yeah, I, actually I, mean, think, I actually don't think he does. I think he might really because of this not, past, but yeah. yeah, I think that they're like I know at LSU, all of his NIL deals got taken away. Hmm. Well, in this, post, in this poster's defense, though, I mean, compare him to Lawrence Phillips. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Phillips still got to play. Yeah. Although there was no internet and no security cameras when the Lawrence Phillips right. was, was roaming around Lincoln. Yeah, that changes things a little bit. Also, if there's if there's room in the college football atmosphere for Art Bryles, there has to be room for Eric Gilbert. So what, well, there's not. Why is in Italy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So would this guy get kicked off your teams for doing this? Oh, without doubt. I mean, he could yeah. have kicked off every team in America. I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, if you, yeah. You do some stuff like that, and, and and it's all. The thing is, we all saw the video. Like, you can get away with just being like attempted robbery. That happens all the time. You probably have ten guys on any program every year charged with that. But yeah, that video and that was just pretty egregious. Like, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, it I sounded mean, like right. he, he had burned to go his... through two boards, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded he like he really. He really lost his opportunity at Georgia. I mean, if he could have got away with it anywhere, it was it would have been at Georgia, right? It wasn't so a driving was, offense, MBG. He, um, you know, was well, there was probably a he car just, involved at some point. <laughs> if he rammed the car into the vape store and then took the vapes, he probably would have gotten off no problem at Georgia. I, the pearl uh, yeah, clutching absolutely. that would occur. Just, just put a speed limit sign in the parking lot, and then nothing would have happened. <laughs> the the pearl clutching that would happen at UVA if we had a guy on camera doing this, I I can't. They would break the internet. Like we had a we had a basketball player punch a guy in the balls like eighteen years ago, and people <laughs> lost their minds over, over that. Casey, I don't know if you remember Keith Jennifer back in the day, but I can't remember who oh, he yeah. punched. But like people lost. If we had a guy like breaking and entering on camera, they would just shut the program down. So, yeah, he'd be gone. Keith, Keith Jennifer sounds like a man's name that's confused already, so maybe he didn't know what was going on with those balls. <laughs> the, the irony is Keith Jennifer afterwards did uh, five years for drug trafficking, so the punching in the balls thing wasn't nearly as big of a... It was a gateway drug. It. It, was a gateway, <laughs> it was a gateway punch. It always starts with a punch in the nuts. Yeah, it does. If I had a nickel. <laughs> Well, that's all I brought. Thanks, Pablo, for joining us. Before you go, you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, it was a blast being here. Thank you all for having me. Twitter, at Pablo Escaburner, and that's B-U-R-N-E-R instead of Barner, which is what the display name is, because this is the second account. The first one got suspended, and I haven't been able to get that one back. So that's what the <laughs> burner, that's where that comes from. And so, yeah. 
on there. And then, yeah, just at the Slander U is the podcast account for Slander University that we do with my guys Evan, String, Tej, and Mr. Blah Blah. Plenty of lies and fake betting advice and all kind of stuff told on there. So, yeah, y'all tap in. Y'all want to check that out as well. Yeah, so that's likewise reciprocated and all. Like, we appreciate you guys. And, yeah, easily one of the most hilarious Twitter accounts that exist. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us. All right, brother. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Paul. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Bye. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Oh, 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 o